0: Gotta be cool. if I get thrown out, I'll go look at my, mom. my mom. get out of my to the Real Estate & Chill Podcast. The newest and coolest podcast. So tune in. Two experts discussing the real estate market. Loan Officer James Chudley and Associate Real Estate Broker Kevin Iglesias. Beware, this is not another boring podcast. This right here is the sh** you need to hear respectfully.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the newest episode of the Real Estate and Chill Podcast. I'm your host, James Shattery from United Mortgage, here with
0: Kevin Iglesias, associate broker. If this is your first time with us, make sure you guys hit the
1: subscribe button, the notification bell, and of course, hit the like button. Hit the like button. Come on. You know you want to hit the like button. All right. So today we got two things. We're going to break this podcast down into two segments. First is going to be geared towards buyers, and then the second segment is going to be geared towards real estate professionals. So the first, first thing we're going to talk about is how to win your summer house, basically how to win your, um, how to win in this competitive market in the summer. Then the second part of it, we're going to talk about how a real estate professional can do their best to best service their clients. All right. So with that being said, and let's start off with topic number one, um, how a buyer can win their, you know, win the house in this market. So I think the main thing to talk about in that is how to get started. So you want to touch base on that first?
0: Uh, The first thing, I mean, I get a lot of like sign calls. So like uh, a lot of buyers who are just interested in the house that they see a for sale sign and they reach out to me and like, oh, can I know details about the house? My first question is, are you pre-approved? Majority of the time they say no. So that's always the first step. I I tell them, look, I can guide you to somebody to get you pre-approved. But due to COVID restrictions and rules and regulations now, things have changed. So a lot of agents are not going to let you in the home unless you have that pre-approval in hand. Plus, why would you even want to be shopping around for homes that you may not even afford? Or you right. could afford. Or you could afford more. You know, it all depends on your in in you know, in, in the price range you want to be in. That monthly right. payment, right? Because interest rates are a lot higher now. So things have changed. Somebody who was looking 60, 70, 80 days ago,
1: it's that monthly payment has
0: completely changed by what? Let's like say four or five hundred dollars a month?
1: Yeah, it could be it could be a lot different. Like yeah. depending on where we're at, like what program they're in um what their numbers look like what their situation is you want to just make sure that you have your financial situation set in place because a lot of the times like people get to the point where they're just like all right i need to buy a home but i don't care what the monthly payments look like i just want this house but you got to be set up financially yeah you know you can't just you can't just get into a house not know what the back end looks like and just be like i want this house it just doesn't work that way
0: and again you got to get pre approved and know what cuz the main thing people always ask me, all right, what's my monthly payment going to be? Then I give them your information. I give you the alley hoop, right? And then we work together as a partnership to help them achieve that American dream, right? Right. So once they have that monthly payment in mind, like, oh, no, you know, the tax is going to be too high or the purchase price is too high. Then we got to go to a different price range in searching in homes. So right. that would be the first step is, look, get pre-approved. You want to know what you can afford, uh, what price range you could be in, your taxes you could be in, and, you want that peace of mind that, look, I'm not going to be house broke because that's the main yeah. thing we don't want any of our clients to be in. Right. I, like I said before in the, the previous episode, I've told a couple of clients, look, this is not financially the best decision for you. Um, I know you love the house. I love the house too. Trust me. I, who doesn't want a million-dollar house, right? But if it doesn't make sense monthly, there's no point. You have nobody to impress. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, they want their first home to be the biggest home with – you know, all the bells and whistles, but financially sometimes you have to start off with a starter home. Yeah. And that's okay. Cause you can buy a starter home, right? For a good price. And that house could jump up in equity, uh, like we saw with COVID.
1: Yeah. And then that house, when you sell the house, the proceeds of sale of that house, proceeds of sale meaning like when you sell the house and you get the money after that, that could be your down payment for the next house.
0: One hundred percent. So I helped uh a neighbor of mine sell his house, right? He bought it in 2018, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Paid around 340 We sold the home for 485 Made over 100000 in less than 45 days. And he was just thinking, like, look, where else can I make this money in such a short period of time? That's yeah. why they say the best investment to make is real estate. You buy and hold. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot safer than dabbling into stocks, right or wrong, or... Bitcoin and crypto, et cetera, et cetera. It's so we're tan- not
1: giving financial advice. No, not, but. not at all.
0: But it's a tangible asset. Right. You know, it's something that you can touch. And with the market, the way it's designed right now, it's a seller's market
1: still. We'll, di- we'll dive deeper into that. But I think that like anything you do right now in terms of buying a house, it's difficult. And right now, as you said, we're in a seller's market. But I think that you have to make strong offers right away. you got to do all this stuff. We'll dive into that. Um, but- next step in getting into the home for the first time, right, um, is going to be after you get your pre-approval, let's go out and look at houses. So when you go out...
0: I don't mean to cut you off. What are the current steps to get that pre-approval? Sure. There's certain documents and things you got to have in order to get that client pre-approved.
1: Right. So it depends on what their situation looks like. You know, if they're W-2 or self-employed, if they're W-2'd, we just need their last two months of bank statements, their driver's license, last two pay subs, and then last two year W-2s from all jobs. So that's the information we need from them. That's like a basic rubric of what we need. Obviously, we, might, we may need more things on top of that. Um, if they're self-employed, we need the last two years of all tax returns that they've personally filed, um, business and personal, bank statements, and then driver's license. So those are the documents we need, which really isn't that much. You, know, like you, can, you can send it through in an email, with, through your phone. Like it doesn't, It's not gonna take you long to do anyway. And the process takes like 24 or 48 hours. Like if even that, you know, I like to say 24 to 48 hours because sometimes you need to request something called verification of employment. BOE. Which means yeah, which means that we're basically just going to be contacting your employer, getting all of the um, information from your employer that we need. And then when you get that pre-approval, that's rock solid. So you know that if you make an offer on this house, you're going to get that house as long as everything else stays the same. If, as long as you stay within the tax parameters that, that we give you, um, within the purchase price that we give you, Um and you know you're just gonna get that house you you know you're gonna be good, so
0: so that's that's good knowledge to have so if you know if you're a buyer or you're a buyer's agent who's just starting off all that information is key right they should be reaching out to you sitting down with you having a consultation um to set them up the proper way so they don't make any mistakes one thing about you and this is why we work so well um once I send you a deal and you give me the okay the approval I know it's gonna go through. Yeah, And there's things that we can't foresee, right? Something if the buyer, let's say he buys a new car and his debt-to-ratio yeah. is too high. Luckily, that hasn't happened to us, but those instances we can never foresee, right? Right. The buyer, we tell them and we prep them, like, look, don't touch your credit. If your debt-to-ratio is too high, stop charging everything on your car. Don't buy furniture. Don't buy a brand-new car, lease a new car. Don't do anything right. until the house is yours. Not even an hour before the closing, don't. Right. Wait an hour after, after the close and then you could go into and do <laughs> and whatever, do whatever, you, whatever you, want. you want. Do whatever you want. I've heard so many stories where people like ready to close and they'll lose a deal over like a pair of shoes or something like that, which is insane. Yeah, that's tough. It's, it's crazy the things Jordan that Jordan one's worth it. <laughs> I don't know. No, nah, the Christian Dior's. <laughs> All right, well, that's a little bit different. But
1: I think that like every single time I speak to a buyer, let's say, for example, you send me over a buyer, right? The first consultation I have with them is a stratization session where I'm talking to them for at least 20, 30 minutes. I'm finding out all their goals. I'm finding out exactly where they want to live. I'm finding out exactly how much they want to spend a month because the thing is you don't always necessarily want to max out the deal because if that's not comfortable for them, let's say they have other bills that they have to pay. You know, we see the credit report, but let's just say, all right, I need at least $2,000 a month for myself for groceries, to pay for like TV, to pay for whatever, because that's not included in your debt to income ratio.
0: No, that's not taxes. So, taxes are though, and I get that yeah. question a lot. Like, oh, am I going to have to pay my taxes separately? No, everything is incorporated into that monthly payment.
1: Yeah, right. As long as you don't waive your escrows. Right. So as long as ever as long as you are rolling everything into your payment, like for like ninety nine out of a hundred people I speak to, it's that's always the case. Right. Um. And I would say that, you know, the main things to look at when you're looking at a monthly payment is the following. So principal and interest, which is going to be your loan amount plus the interest every single month. Then you're going to be looking at the homeowner's insurance. That's also going to be included into your monthly payment, then your property taxes, and then anything else related to your loan. If it's going to be like monthly interest, uh, what do you call it? Mortgage insurance. That's going to be also included. Those are the main five things that are included into your monthly payment every single month. Anything on top of that, like, let's say, for example, you wanted to buy, um, you know, take out another loan to do any renovations to the house. That's not counted in the monthly payment that we're speaking to you about. So anything separate on top of that, you have to incorporate that that into your monthly payment every single month, because I won't be able to see it. So you have to give us a real number. What number are you comfortable with paying? And that's why every single time I speak to a client, before I get into the house number, before I get into everything, I tell them, you're buying the monthly payment because you're not spending, let's say, five hundred thousand dollars. You're not spending five hundred thousand dollars every single like right away. You're spending monthly payments every single month. So love your monthly payment because that's what matters. You're buying the monthly payment.
0: One hundred percent. And again, you just because you get it pre approved for your max, you don't have to spend that max. Yeah. Right. Like for example, we'll put it into real life perspective. You did a pre approval for me. And then you're like, oh, yo, you can be approved for this amount. I'm yeah. not going to say it. I'm like, no, no, no. no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> but you don't have to get pre-approved for that max amount. You don't have to spend that max. You right. have to just be comfortable where you want to be at. Right. Another thing I want to touch base on is I get this question all the time from people who call me is do I have to pay The monthly, uh, not the monthly, the closing costs. Do I have to pay the the closing costs or can I roll it into the mortgage? So that's what we call a seller's concession, right? Right. That's like non-existent in this market. It's It's rare. It's like a unicorn now. Yeah. It's a different market. You want to touch base on like
1: why? So seller's concession is a little bit tough because when you're working with a real estate agent who's, you know, comping the property, who's doing like, who's pricing out the property to what the number should be. When you do a seller's concession you basically have to increase the amount that the purchase price is so let's say for example um you know you have a house for 500 you want a seller's concession of five of ten thousand dollars right the purchase price has to come back at five ten because we have something called the seller's net and then the purchase price so the seller's net is going to be the number that the bot that the seller takes home into their pocket the purchase price if it's five ten the house has to appraise for five hundred ten thousand dollars Right now, we're seeing a bunch of houses go for over asking price, and we're seeing crazy numbers. So, if a realtor, like on your hand, if you have an offer for two offer for, offers for five hundred, both the seller net's going to be five hundred, right? One wants a ten thousand dollars seller's concession, so they want to give you five ten, right? Or you have a five hundred thousand dollars straight five hundred thousand dollars might be the same thing because at the end of the day, you know the seller's going to net the same thing. But do you want a buyer who can't afford to make that $10,000 extra? It might not be as safe for you. So, therefore, you might not want to take that deal instead of the client who had $500,000 who might be putting down more because usually with seller's concessions, it's typically less down payment. So, even if there's an appraisal gap or something like that, where let's say the property doesn't appraise for $510 or $500, it appraises for $480, right? The difference, the appraisal gap has to be made up. And that's something that both parties are going to have to discuss. So you don't want that headache for your seller. Right. In in that situation.
0: Right. So, look, when I'm hired to sell a home, my job is to lend my expertise, my knowledge, my experience to the seller and help them make the best decision, financial decision. Right. I like to tell them, look, I'm here for you and like my main focus is getting you as much money as possible with the best terms as possible so let's just put that into perspective with the 500,000 and somebody needs to borrow 10,000 for let's say for sales concession um, they're looked at not as, like, the strongest buyer because they need to borrow that $10,000, right. which in this market, a lot of buyers have their down payment, they have their closing costs, they have extra money just in case, you know...
1: There's no so, appraisal gap or right, anything. Right,
0: right, because a lot of these houses, there's no comps. Right. So when you have no comps, meaning that you want to buy the house for 500000 and then three, four months ago the house sold for four sixty, and there's no recent comps to comp that house out, you may run into... An appraisal issue, right? Right. Where you have to have money stored that you have to, like you said, come out of pocket to pay that money. But let's just say if it's a $10,000 non-contingent, that's a totally different story. Meaning that they would like to have that $10,000, but they don't need it. Let's just say they want to do a kitchen renovation or whatever they want to do to hold on to that money in that pocket. So when they close, they can just fix up the kitchen or do whatever cosmetic arrangements they need to make. That's totally different. But if they're saying, hey, look, I really need these $10,000 in order to close, then we run into an appraisal issue. That's not the strongest deal. Deal's dead. But a lot of the offers that are coming in that are much, much higher, I'm seeing that a lot of them have, like, contingencies. Either they have something to sell or they have, like, a sales concession where, like, look, we'll give you the best deal possible, but we need to make it work for this amount. Right. So those are the two things. with Having your down payment isn't the only thing you got to have if you're a buyer, right? Right or If you're a buyer's agent, you have to give as much value to your buyer as possible. They have to have at least I always say five to six percent of the closing costs, right? With the closing costs meaning if you're purchasing a house for three hundred thousand, which is really hard to find nowadays, you have to have that. If it's FHA, three and a half percent down to put the down payment, then you need another five to six percent for the closing costs, yeah, which does not include the survey. Which is what, like another, let's just say seven eight hundred bucks on the high end. Uh, an inspector, let's just put it on the high end, like six hundred bucks. Yeah, six hundred bucks probably. Um, appraisal, appraisal, which is another what, seven to eight hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, like five. Yeah, five. An attorney fee, which
0: is not included either.
1: Thousand fifteen, a thousand fifteen. Anywhere from
0: a thousand to fifteen hundred. Yeah. So these are all out of the pocket expenses that are not included in your closing costs, which you have to keep in mind that you need this money in order to purchase your home. Right. And sometimes people are in the position where look, I need to borrow a little bit of money. I need a gift. Right? They'll go to Flame me and Friends and they have to get that gift money. But yeah. it has to be well, in a check. So a gift isn't
1: a borrowed borrowed amount. It's a gift. Like they have right. to get a gift.
0: Right. But. But that, exactly. That's what I mean. But it has to be in a check. It can't be like,
1: All right. Yeah, here's the $10, $10, me- <laughs> cash. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. You're raising red
0: flags. At the end of the day, the bank is gonna wanna know where that money's coming from. They wanna know receipts and everything else on the back end, right?
1: Yeah. Since the Patriot Act um from two thousand and one Um, all money has to be sourced. So, you know, I ran into a situation where, um, you know, a client was basically, um, he was working with a different lender before, but they couldn't do the the deal or whatever. Um, And then he told me that he withdrew all of his money that he had in the bank account out in cash for no reason. He was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I wanted it. It's because we working on the deal together. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like he took all the money out in cash. Now he has to pause it back in, but it's like, a. how whole- would he do
0: that? All right, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. A lot of lenders give bad advice to their customers, right? And then, one thing I always do when somebody comes with me with a pre approval, not that I'm persuading them to go another route, but I, I always tell them, look, let's get vetted, especially if they're coming with like a rocket mortgage, right? Yeah. With somebody who is just giving them a pre call, whether you're calling, and say, hey, look, I make over 100000 my credit card is this, and
1: uh, pre approved. Yeah,
0: boom, Or $1 million or $30 million like the video I put out. They're not checking your docs. They're not checking your bank statements. They're not checking any information. They're not running your credit to give you a proper pre-approval. So that's why I always tell everybody, look, I understand you got this pre-approval or pre-qual, whatever the case, but I suggest you get vetted and get a second opinion, and that's why I send it to you. And once you give me that approval, I'm like, all right, great.
1: And it just gives us – So this is why it's so important to work with somebody who knows about what's going on in the market. So say, for example, you're working with somebody who is not 100% sure. Um, One, if you're working with somebody who's a preferred partner with you, they're adding value to your platform. You guys are working together to attack more business. On top of that, when you're working with somebody who knows how to do things, it saves you money and it makes you more money, right? Because what we're doing is we're going to make sure that you're going to be good. Everything that we tell you is going to be vetted. It's going to be um, checked out. And every single client that you work with, you know that you're fine. So partnering up with a lender um, who can take care of everything for you, you know, is always a great idea. And for anybody watching who wants to connect, reach out to me at any time. And I would love to talk to you about it. Yeah, 100%. Look,
0: we're here to give you as much value as possible, to give you as much information. And if you're thinking of buying or selling, you could always reach out to me. I get a lot of DMs from agents and buyers, too, who are looking and shopping around. Your team is growing. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Let's base on your team
1: a little bit because I think, well, while we, as we move on to the next, actually, let's, we'll talk about that in a few seconds. But one thing I want to know from you before we move on is in this summer market, how do like, how do clients make strong offers? Like what should be going through the head um, as a buyer to get their offer accepted? Like what can the buyers do?
0: So, like you said before, when I meet with the buyer, I always have a consultation, right? And I prep them because you have to in this market. You always have to put your best foot forward. Even though right now I'm, I'm seeing a lot of price cuts, price adjustments, but that doesn't mean that, you know... Um, there's a crash coming, right? Because everybody thinks that, oh, the prices are going down, there's a crash coming. No, it could be that that agent really wanted that listing and overpriced that house because they're like, you know what, let's take a gamble. Let's put it up for this price. And that's not the correct price. It's not the market value of the home. It's just an inflated, overpriced house that should have never been listed at that price. And I always tell people this, look, and I'm guilty of it too when I first got in the business because when you get your license, you're hungry, right? You want to take any listing, any listing, whatever the case may be. But having an overpriced listing Having a listing that's going to sit is basically like having no listing whatsoever. Yeah. And one right. thing that we can say about in life in general is wasted time is one of the biggest things that you can never get back, right? Time that you've spent, uh, energy that you've given into a, a listing or a hobby or a project or whatever the case may be, you can't get that time back. When you so, first
1: started watching this video, you're, you're the youngest version of yourself that you'll ever be.
0: 100%. It's never too late to get started doing whatever you want to do, whatever your passion is. Or if you want to start a business, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But um, going back to that is the buyer should always keep in mind that if you're working with somebody, and I tell people this all the time, look, I'll give you the consultation. We sit down. I meet with you. I find out what your criteria is. I find out what your, your wants, your needs are. I find out what you want to be monthly-wise, right? I, I send them to you, get them pre-approved, and then we work together as a partnership, and I keep you updated. And I always tell people this, look- you're working with me. You've you, you decided to work with me because you have trust in me. Right. So any information that I'm going to give you, I'm guiding you to give you this, to put you in a smooth transaction so there's no headaches. And Yes, there's going to be bumps in the road and obstacles, but I'm preparing you for this when we meet. Because when we're going down the line and I'm not telling you any of these things, it's going to be like, it's, it's a bumpy ride, right? A roller coaster that you just wasn't expecting. But if you know that, look, there may be some bumps in the road and it may get, you know, a little hectic. It's just the home buying process. It's right. not as easy as you see on TV, right? Show three houses. HGTV. No, it's not HGTV, which I should shoot another episode of that. But it's not as easy as it seems, right? It's Real estate, people think that we make so much money in which, yeah, there's no cap. You can make as much money as possible, right? There's no ceilings. But there's a lot of work that goes beyond behind what we do. It's right. not. It's not just black and white.
1: I think that segues us into the next part. So let's talk about what real estate professionals can do. Obviously, we're just going to talk about real estate agents and loan officers um, because we're not attorneys or insurance agents or, you know, inspection people or anything like that. Um, But give me some tips on how a realtor can stand out in the summer market.
0: Look, I always tell people, if you want to work with me, I'm going to give you 100% of me, right? My main goal is to just give you as much value and much knowledge as possible and because I've been in your shoes, right? I purchased real estate before. I know what I know what the process is like. My process is a little different though because I'm uh ten ninety nine right it's right. and and when i I just want to say this when I first got started <clears throat> 2016 excuse me I, surviving off commissions alone in in New York is not easy at all. yeah, like you have to be a shark like it's tough, it's not easy. Yeah. And I work with a couple of clients who are 1099. I give them so much respect because it's not easy just making commissions and surviving, right. right? Real estate agents should be standing now just giving their clients, you know, that that guidance and letting them know, hey, look, put your best foot forward. Um, even though rates are high, it's still a competitive market. And the reason why it's still a very competitive market because it's uh, supply and demand, right? right? There's not a lot of uh, supply out there, but there's a high demand. Now, if it was a different market like 2019 where you could negotiate 30 40 50,000 dollars off a market off a, off a house it's cuz the inventory was there was so much of it
1: i mean i've only been in the space for 5 years actually it's yes it was my 5 year anniversary but um happy anniversary thanks 5 years in the game um but i think that in the past 5 years i've been here i could say that i've, I've i mean i've never seen anything like this so even if it calms down a little bit it's still like not worried But the thing is, like, I want it to calm down. I'm just being completely honest. Like, I really want it to calm down because, like, I've said this before, but I'm spending hours on hours spending time with clients who have been really trying their best to get into the home. Um, And, you know, it's a little tough because, like, your buyer pool, like, your pipeline of pre-approvals gets bigger and bigger every single month. But the amount of traction that goes in doesn't slow down as much. So you're working with a lot more buyers on like, just like the pre-approved buyers. Right. And the ones I get through your pipeline has to be moving. Right. So when it's a situation where your pipeline keep, keeps growing, but these deals aren't closing, you know, that's a little bit tough. Um, obviously it takes time for everybody to get, to get into their home, but it's just like the cur- conversion time is a lot longer, which means a lot more work. And then, you know, buyers might not get into their house. They might want to wait, whatever the case may be. So it's a lot more work with less conversion compared to a market where if it cools down a little bit, you know, that's going to be a more favorable market for everybody. You know what I mean? So I would like it to calm down. If it doesn't calm down, you know, I'm not complaining. Whatever it is, like, we'll take care of it. But um, I do think that's a big thing.
0: And I think, look, I've been in the game since, what, 2016? I got a license. Um, I've seen a buyer's market, seen a seller's market. If you were, if you're an agent, don't stress out about the market shifting, right? Because if you have that connection with people, and this is a this is a people business, right? As much as it's sales, it's customer service, it's a people business. People are always going to want to purchase a home or sell a home. You should not be 100%. worried about oh the market's going to change. The market's going yeah, it's going to change, but you have to adapt with it, right? right? And if you have that resume, that experience, that guidance. And that those connections, that reputation that you have with people, you've done a good job, don't worry about it. Because people, again, they're always going to want to sell. They're always going to want to buy. So just adapt with the market and change with it. Don't stress about it, right? Right. Because there's nothing that we can do. As much as I say, hey, look, I want this seller's market to last for five years. Because everybody will be selling. Going to Florida, going to down south, wherever they're going. But we just have to adapt with the market and just... Gain the, as much knowledge as possible, as much value, because as the market shift, everything else is going to change as well.
1: I think right? it's very fair, and I think that you know a lot of people think, all right, rates are up right now. Oh, lenders are scared because we're not doing refis. I don't know about other lenders, but listen, I have I have refis in my pipeline right now. Right, that huh? I'm a hundred percent. I have multiple refis right going through right now because clients are always looking to take out money because people always need money. Yeah, like it's never going to stop obviously I've never been a big refinance lender, right? Like I've always just been on the purchase side. Um, but I'm still doing refinances right now because clients are taking money out of their home and buying new houses, or they're taking money out for different reasons, because even though interest rates are in, you know, where they're, where they're at right now, you know, higher than they were a few months ago, it's still money. Money still needs to move all all the time. Like it's always going to keep moving. And I think that, you know, now moving onto the lender side, like how a lender can prepare for the summer market is you got to just make connections. Like that's the biggest thing. That's
0: the biggest thing in this business as many connections as possible.
1: Right. Like honestly, like for me, like how I first started, as I said, like I used to cold call on Zillow. That's how I first started. I have Pat, who's my junior loan officer. Who's, you know, I'm, I'm helping with everything. He's been great. He's been working hard. That's what he was doing. That's what he's still doing right now. Cause until you build a pipeline of business where, you know, you have business coming in every single month, you work with, you know, realtors or attorneys or accountants who are sending you business and you're doing something for them. Also, you create good relationships. Like, even though we're commission based, right, that flow is what you need in order to keep moving forward. Because once you get to the point where, all right, you know, you have deals closing this time, this time, this time, you're not worried about like a salary. You know what I mean? You're focused on like, all right, I have deals closing every single month or every single week or whatever the case may be. And that's what you need to do. So
0: definitely. I mean, thank God, you know, I built a team and they're all just very hungry and um, very successful. Um, You know, closings every month. But again, when I first got started, that was my biggest thing. It was like, how am I going to survive just on commissions? Because like I said, it's not easy. And um, one thing is, like you said, just keeping that pipeline full and just hustling and working hard and not getting comfortable. Because I feel like once you get comfortable and you're depending on a paycheck, I'll give you a quick scenario. Had a deal, right? The buyer signed over the weekend. Sent the contract back. We're waiting on the down payment. Um, the seller signed, got everything back. And then the buyer said, I've changed my mind. I don't want the house anymore. All within like a two, three day period. So it's like yeah. there's nothing secure in real estate. You could get excited about a deal, but I don't get, ever get excited until it's fully closed. Right. And then I have that peace of mind like, all right. But I'm always just hustling, just putting the work, filling my pipeline. I like to work on volume. Like I don't like to sit still whatsoever. Yeah. Like, it's not my personality.
1: But I think, like, the fear of, you know, like, everyone's got bills to pay too, right? Like, the fear of not having a salary coming in should motivate, motivate you, you. Right, right, to right. work that much harder because you should be, like, the way I kind of think, I think of it in a funny way, and I know we were going to have a different episode about mindset, just sneak peek on sneak that, peek, but, yeah. um, you know, the, the thing is, like, I act as if, like, that those deals I have in my pipeline I don't. I don't know why I do this, but I just think that they're not closing because I keep needing more. Like I'm saying, like all these deals I have right now, like they're not closing. I need more. I need. I keep needing to get more. It's funny.
0: My my wife would tell me the same thing. She's like, "Why are you so stressed out? You have like X amount of deals in your pipeline. You have this many listings. You have this many other contracts. Never enough. Exactly. And it's not that I'm not grateful for the business that I have or what's in my pipeline or the listings that I have. It's just like. I've been in it too long. I've seen so many things happen. I've been through so many circumstances where, like, yo, I'm not getting comfortable whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I still have that same hunger that I did when I first got in the business, and I think that's what separates people who want to be a top producer and people who just want to do this as a hobby, that want to sell one or two houses. And, look, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you want to treat this as a business, you got to put 100% into this. you got to sacrifice time. Like, I sacrifice time away from, you know, family and friends or whatever the case may be to put my energy 100% into this business to grow so I can build that pipeline and be like, all right, you know, this is happening. I feel comfortable with this. You know, uh, look, the goal in this business is to, it's like real life monopoly. You got to buy as much property as possible.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Right?
0: That's the goal. There's no retirement plan for us. And I was told this,
1: well, oh, for you, I have her time. Uh, 1K. Okay. Shout out right. to... Come <laughs> on, the door this is mic across room.
0: But look, something that really motivated me, I went to a meeting. And again, we're going to touch on the mindset episode next time. So just a, sque- just a sneak peek. Somebody told me, I was 26 at the time when I got started. And they told me, you got into the business way too late. And then my mouth like literally dropped. And I started to think. And I started obsessing over it. Like, damn, did I get into the business too late? And I just use that to motivate me like, yeah, what if I did get into the business too late? And I just use that to motivate me and just to like knock on doors, call, and just get as many leads and create as many connections as possible. So don't ever be fearful. Use that fear to motivate you.
1: You never want the what ifs. Like nah, what, if, nah, I, what nah, if I worked a little bit harder? Nope. Like the thing is that I've realized like throughout my life is like hard work, like, like it might be hard in the moment, you're going to thank yourself later. 100%. Like you just got to keep that in your head while you're doing the hard work. Cause sometimes it might be tough. Like there are things that are obviously, you know, that could be more um, appealing in the moment. Like, you know, there's, there's, you know, an event or a party or something that you want to go to on a Thursday night or a Saturday night, but you got showings in the morning. You got to go to an open house the next morning. you got to be on your a game. Like there's no situation where, you know, you can show up to a open house or something hungover or something like that. If you could hats off to you and you can get away with it, that's good for you. But like, in those situations, like you want to be on your A game 24 seven. And if you're not like just thinking in your head all the time, like this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be great at. And all your energy is like throughout the day, like you have to have spent time with family and everything like that. But you always like, my mindset is always real estate. Like everything I think of throughout like the, whatever time from like the moment I wake up to like a few hours before I go to sleep. Cause I have to shut that out of my head at some points because like I think about it way too much. So, like, sometimes you have to get away from that because you don't want to burn out. That's a big thing, too. Yeah, 100%. But everything I think about is just real estate based. You got to think like that or else you will not make it. Like, that's it's your just, business. Yeah.
0: But I'm going to cut you off right there because we're going to say that for our mindset episode. All right. Jimmy, if somebody wants to get a loan, buyer looking to get pre-approved, where can they contact you?
1: Contact me anytime on my Instagram, finance by James. Shoot me a DM. I'm always on there. Um, and Kevin, where can they contact you?
0: Same thing. You could reach out to me. Shoot me a DM. I get a lot of DMs, a lot of questions from agents, buyers, etc., sellers. You know the content. Put as much content out as possible for, um, for agents that want to know because content is key. Yeah. alright Right. Uh, you can reach out to me at Kevin Sold My Home at on Instagram on literally on all social media platforms. All right, I'm here to help you. We're here to, to assist you in all your real estate needs. That was uh, the latest episode, and uh, stay tuned for our mindset episode.
1: Yes, and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate and Chill Podcast with James Chaudhry and Kevin Iglesias.
0: Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Also, share this with your friends, your enemies, your mother-in-law. No, seriously, this podcast is so good, you might want to tell your ex. See you next time.